This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. A lot of times our kids, as they're getting older, especially if they're, like you have young kids, but when they get into teenagers, there can be a lot of things, oh, Dad, I don't want to do that anymore. That's lame. Mm-hmm. You know, we used to do that when we were younger, but I don't want to do that anymore. What a great time to talk about the old family traditions you used to have and see if you can bring one of them one of them back. Because now since they're like, Dad, wow, I haven't done that in years. What they thought was lame before may now be a bonding opportunity. This is Dr. Joe Martin, and I'm on the Tom Rowan Podcast. <laughs> Hey, everybody, welcome to the show today. We're going to connect. That's a key word right now. We're going to connect with one of my favorite guests that we've had. He was one of the first people, kind of happened on the spur of the moment. One of my friends told me that he just heard the best speaker he had ever heard. And I said, well, I got I to gotta talk to this guy. And sure enough, he was gracious enough and nice enough, and kind enough to give us some time. And I was not disappointed on the first podcast with Dr. Joe Martin of Real Men Connect. And I wanted to touch base with him again. We've been, I've been thinking about him. Apparently, he's been thinking about me a little bit. He sent me a text message about a week ago. So it's perfect timing for us to get together and talk about connection at this time of social distancing. And everyone in the world right now is struggling with this a little bit. And um, I expect that this is going to be a great conversation with my friend, Dr. Joe Martin. All right, with me, I have Joe Martin, Dr. Joe Martin. He was one of our first guests that we had on the podcast, and so many people have uh, given me some feedback, emails, all kinds of stuff, saying how much they enjoyed that. I wanted to connect with you today, Joe, and and find out what you've been doing since uh, since the last podcast. It's been, what, over about a year and a half, I guess. Man, has it been that long time? I think so, at least a year. Wow. 
My goodness. Yeah, it's been a <laughs> while. Um, you know, what, I, what I'm doing is going to sound kind of boring. I tell uh, men that um, if, if something is not multiplying, it's dying, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. It has yeah. to multiply. And so I, I try to stay away from addition of just adding new things, adding new things, but to multiply what is working. And so I say it's going to sound kind of boring. What we've been doing, we've been multiplying what we've been already currently doing, which is um, showing men how to connect um, through community and to grow and sharpen one another so they can be the husbands and fathers um, and spiritual leaders in their home that God has called and created them to be. Man, that's that's a great mission. Um, I know so many people got got a lot of a, a lot out of what we talked about on the first on the first podcast. Now, one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about today is is exactly that. And in this time of social isolation and, you know, there there's there's a serious lack of connection, not just between men, but between the whole world. And I thought you would be the perfect person to to discuss that with. Like how do we uh, last night I was watching the president on on television and he was saying, you know, prepare for another 30 days of, Mm -hmm. of this deal. And in fact, maybe even more of a lockdown than what we've, what we've currently seen yet. So what do you think about that? How do we deal with, with the lack of connection in our lives right now? Well, one, one of the things we have to change our perspective on all of this. Um, It depends on who you're talking to, (laughs) because I, I was telling you that we have a group of men that we meet with once a month. Well, they're from all over the country not only the people in within our organization, but men who we invite to come in, where we talk and discuss man topics. Usually the topics that most men are not normally discussing around groups of other men or they're not talking about in the churches or everything else. And everything is about perspective. And I, I'll tell you this. Now, the topic was about this particular area that you're talking about, by how do we respond to COVID-19 and social distancing and everything? And I made a statement to the men, and this is what I'm sharing with your listeners, is that it's all about perspective. Do you realize this is an opportunity? Mm-hmm. This is an opportunity for our, to, for us to stand up and shine as men. This could be our finest hour. Now, I got to tell you, Tom, there's a lot of people around me who I see who are walking around in a panic. Um, they're anxious and they have every right to be. But then you have men who are maybe crazy like me and thinking, wow, this is a great opportunity to draw closer, um, to appreciate life a lot more to stand up and serve, uh, to do something good, to make an impression, to make a difference, that when we look back on this time, that it will remember as probably one of the um, scariest times in our history, but it could also be, but I remember how great it was with my dad, my husband, Mm -hmm. my friend, of how people stepped up. Remember um, um, 9-11? how it's one of the worst tragedies in our history, but also one of the finest hours for the people who were first responders, the people who gave their lives for us. And now we look at and we celebrate their their heroism. And so to me, this is it's a perspective. This is also an opportunity for our finest hour, not just a panic. Yeah. Well, what a great perspective that is, because, you know, there were there were a lot of finest hours around 9-11. And some of the listeners are too young to remember. Some of them remember it like it was yesterday. But, Mm -hmm. you know, there were a lot of finest hours there, not only in the in the immediate moments after where people are literally going into fires and saving people. But but then, you know, you see, you saw New York come together as a as a community like never before. And then you saw that spread across the entire United States to where there was this there was this togetherness that 
that no one had seen in a long time. And um, I see that kind of going on now, but then there's this, there's this fear of just being close to anyone at all. Like if <laughs> you go out, you go out to the, to the grocery store or anywhere and man, somebody sees you coming and they literally take two steps to the side and, and avoid you, even if it's one of your good friends, like it, there, there's just this, this real distance between people right now. But when you, when you look at it as a, as an opportunity, I love that because I see, I try to see opportunity in, in, in everything, like even in the, even in the worst, it, there's, there's some sort of opportunity. And, and I believe that good always comes out of bad, you know, it may be bad on the surface and it may be bad immediately, but somehow good, good comes out of it. So what are you telling your, your, um, your, the people that you're working with, your men, how, how do they make this their finest hour? Well, it's just looking for the opportunities to connect. Um, I heard one of the guys say last night, which I thought was wonderful, is that the antidote to social distancing is social connection. Now, you're saying like walking in the stores and then we see people and they pull away from us. Okay. Um, yeah, we see that because that, they have a fear. But that person you probably didn't know anyway. Why right. not draw closer to the people who know you the best and who you love the most? See, um, it's not going to shatter my world because I see you in a store time and you're afraid of me. Dude, I don't live with you. <laughs> you know <what> I mean, <laughs> you're just a stranger. Um, we're only thing. The reason why it, it makes us so anxious because we're not used to seeing that happen. And so, again, it's all about our perspective. But I tell you, deep down inside, for at least I can only speak for me, is that my faith um, is what I stand on, what my hope is in. It's not in. Um, a cure for the virus is not into my lifestyle being cramped or uh, uh, inconvenienced. It's more in the hope that I have. I had this hope before the coronavirus. And I, I've said something last night because what the way we did it and how we brought these men together, I did a survey of hundreds of men um, who across the country to find out what are they doing to socially connect better with the ones they love, their wives, their children, um, even their friends who they can't socially touch and connect with. And, uh, and I wanted to find out what are some of their approaches, their different, their best practices, so to speak, of how they're dealing and coping with this without um, this ripping their families apart, without them stressing out. And I received all this information. That's why I could share a lot of stuff with you, Tom, of different yeah. strategies and do's and don'ts and everything. But check this out. This is something that I said, and everybody got really quiet when I said it. I said, because they couldn't wait. Joe, what did you find out? What, give us all these strategies and ideas of what fathers are doing and husbands are doing to connect better with their kids. And I said, before I share that with you, let me tell you what I really found out to be the real answer. I said, you know what we should be doing, doing this, um, this COVID-19 pandemic? And check this out, Tom. I said, everything we should have been doing before the virus, <laughs> but struggled to make time for, and usually made excuses for not doing. Right. Any questions? <laughs> That's what we should be doing. Everything we should have been doing. Everything. Because everything I share with you is going to say, well, Joe, shouldn't they be doing that already? Absolutely. But we usually make excuses. I'm too busy. Well, I got this project I'm working on. Oh, I got to go here. You can't do that now, can you, Tom? Right. <laughs> so now everything you've been putting off, 
that could have helped you grow the relationships in your life that matter the most. Now you have the time to do it. The question is, will you? And so that set it up. And then we gave them the strategies because I wanted them to let them know as, I, as I'm looking through all this stuff, I'm thinking, oh, these are some great ideas. But shouldn't we have been doing this already? <laughs> Why did it take a pandemic for us to get serious about this stuff? One example, Tom, would be eating fam- eating eating meals together as a family. Mm-hmm. Hello, what a concept, Tom. <laughs> we can actually yep. sit at the table now with our with our family and eat. What were we doing before? Commuting, fast food, not sitting in front of each other, not communicating. That was just one thing. Wow, now you have an opportunity. What? What's your excuse? Every night you can sit down and have a meal with your family. No excuse. Or three. (laughs) Or three. (laughs) Exactly. Or three. That's right. (laughs) Or three. So to me, that's why I say, is it an obstacle or is it an opportunity? It's an opportunity. And so we can look at the difficulties, but we also got to find the opportunities within those difficulties. I love it. Um, So what what are specifically, did you get some, uh, some ideas about what people are doing? Like when you got all this information, I think it'd be interesting to hear what people are doing. Oh, man. Did we? (laughs) Well, we got a lot. Um, Some of the things, and I'm just going to touch on some of them. Because what I told the guys as we were sharing the the data and the results from all these men from all across the country. Oh, by the way, Tom, these men that we we did, I did a cross-section to find out, okay, what are they representing? And let me see if I can find it here. We had men uh, from 50 years old who were married, father of two all the way to um, men, 20-something, um, father of three, um, who has a five to one-year-old. And we had a guy who's 30-something. This is advice we received from these men all over the country. A 30-something-year-old who has um, kids, three kids, two girls, and a boy ages six to seven months old. Could you uh, imagine having a seven-month-old right now doing this? <laughs> I, 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 and you're in the house with them all the time. Seven-month-old so plus a couple of, oh, like about a three and a, and a six-year-old. That would be... Whew. That'd be oh, absolutely. As, as much as you could take. I'm sure there's but I'll, I'll share with you, Tom, it. some of the things that they they share with us. Okay. And I mentioned about eating meals together as a family. And I thought this was a fantastic idea that somebody came up with. They said, in order to build intimacy, intimacy with your wife, because you know with the kids around all the time, that can be difficult, mm-hmm. right? Because <laughs> they're now you can't get rid of them. Um, somebody suggested have a dinner date with your wife once a week. And let the kids pretend to run a restaurant as they serve you. That is Could you good. imagine that? Isn't that cool? I like <laughs> <You're right>? that. <laughs> and so, because obviously you're going to prepare the meal, right. you know, but they can serve them. They can, they can be a, um, um, a waiter or a waitress. They can be a dishwasher. They can be a person who's cleaning up at the restaurant. And they can have fun pretending to serve mommy and daddy. Now, we're talking about uh, families with children in the house, you know, with little kids mm-hmm. in the house or teenagers. But you know, you're serving them, you're being there for them the entire week. Mommy and daddy can't, we can't go out like we used to. We can't go to restaurants. What we like to do, we like to prepare a meal and let you guys, if you were running a restaurant, how would you treat us and give us, because they're not going to bother you. They're going to give you time alone to be able to enjoy your date. So that was an idea that somebody came up with. Um, other ideas that I heard was reading and studying something together which I thought was a great idea. I'm actually doing this myself uh, with my son. My son and I, we are, we're reading a book, which is a great book. If you haven't read it, Tom, called Atomic Habits. Oh, I do. I, <laughs> I have read that. That's an excellent it, book. It's on it our awesome? book list. Yes. So my son, he, you know, he was struggling with um, um, self-discipline. So I said, Kim, I read this great book called um, Atomic Habits. So what we're going to do, we're going to read that book and we're going to discuss a chapter. 
and we're going to do it once a week where we're going to just study and look at um, that book. And today, matter of fact, today is the day that we're going to discuss. He's now he's out of the house. So he's coming over here to we're going to discuss that book. And so you can do book studies. You can do book studies. Um, not only um, um, uh, eating together, you can prepare meals together. Yeah. What a concept. What an idea. What if you got in the kitchen with your kids or with your wife and prepare, and prepare meals? You can be baking together. That was some ideas that guys came up with. Um, what a great opportunity now to be more intentional about Hamlet having family prayer. You think our country can use some prayer right now <laughs> with what's going on? Well, why not include the family? Typically, men are praying by themselves um, in their quiet space or their quiet time. Why not include your families now intentionally? We're going to pray in the mornings or we're going to pray in the evenings or whatever it may be. Um, some guy, we're talking about reading and studying together. One of the, our men recommended, which I thought was great, he has a 40-year-old. He says, don't just read to your kids, read to them outside. Go sit under a tree somewhere. Right. Go sit on the swing somewhere. Go to a park and read to them. It doesn't necessarily have to be about the book, but about the environment that you're that you're in with your kids. Now I'm just bouncing around with different ideas. Oh, I thought this was a great idea, Tom. That it's you know, like, like you say that you walk in the grocery store and you can't see them when they're pulling away, even the people who know you. Tom, we were supposed to meet together, weren't we? We were going to get together yep. physically yep. before this. And we couldn't do it because we didn't know this was happening. This was gonna, all this quarantine stuff. So what do we do? Now we're doing it via technology. Now we're doing it on a um on on an app that we can't actually see each other, but couldn't we have easily set this up on Skype sure. or on Zoom and said, you know what? Um, not only are we going to meet for this podcast, but you know what, Joe, let's have lunch. And I do, I was telling you when you when you called me and checked in, what did I tell you I was doing? Oh, I was in the middle of eating. That's right. right? <laughs> I was eating something. I said, Well, Tom, hey, bring your sandwich. Let's watch each other and look at each other and talk to each other. The only thing is that we can't physically touch. But Tom, we can still be together. So they talked about setting up virtual lunches, which I thought was great. Virtual lunches. Why not now work on projects that you can um, work on with your family or your children about building and repairing something? Now, that's not my strong suit, Tom. I'm not a builder. I'm a thinker. Right? I don't work with my hands a lot. But if you want to build something, you can work on a car with your son. You can build models. You can do all kinds of stuff. I'm telling you, I can go on board games. Are great. I'm trying to think of some of the um, out of the box thinking, some of the stuff I thought, oh, here's a, a great idea I heard from somebody last night that a lot of times our kids, as they're getting older, especially if they like you have young kids, but when they get into teenagers, there can be a lot of things. Oh, dad, I don't want to do that anymore. That's lame. Mm -hmm. You know, we used to do that when we were younger, but I don't want to do that anymore. What a great time to talk about the old family traditions you used to have and see if you can bring one of them, one of them back. Because now since they're like, dad, wow, I haven't done that in years. What they thought was lame before may now be a bonding opportunity because it brings back great memories. So yeah. that's something that we can start doing together. Um, watching classic movies together. Right now, I'm really um, getting into biographies because I didn't have time to watch biographies. Right. You know, I would read on a plane or something like that, but I didn't have time to watch television and watch biographies. So now I'm learning about people that I wasn't even interested in, but I'm saying, you know what? I'm curious about why that person's so famous, you know? And so what a great time now to bring your family, include that. So, you know what? I just watched, I just told my children, I just watched this great um, biography on uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I didn't know a lot about her, but what a great documentary. So I'm trying to get my kids to watch it, especially my daughter, because some of the laws that have been passed are affecting her as a young lady. Yeah. And so there's a lot of creative things they can do. 
uh, I think one of the best things we can do during this time is learn something together, not just cooking, maybe a foreign language, right? Dancing. It could be anything. How to how to box, <laughs> you know, it can be and what a great opportunity now to learn together. You don't have to be the master of it. You guys can kind of learn it together, especially a foreign language. Mm-hmm. So and, and I don't I don't want to take up all the show and give me I can give you as many ideas as you want. <laughs> And well, I, mean, I, I, think it's, surface, I think it's cool. But I think you get the idea. Well, I do. I <laughs> get the idea. idea, but I like it because it's coming from so many different perspectives of right. like all of these different men that you connect with and they're, they're all throwing out these different ideas. And, you know, it's like, it's pretty easy, you know, for, for a week to come up with something. You're like, well, these are the things I like to do. Let's, let's have a family workout together. Let's, let's play some mm. board games. But, you know, two weeks in, now everybody's looking for these new ideas. Like that's why I like the different perspectives of, of people that, you know, tell tell us what you like to do and what you did that first week. And maybe, maybe mm-hmm. somebody else can apply that in week three and it's brand new, fresh idea that revitalizes the, the family time, you know, but. And Tom, can I make this a little bit easy, easier for the guys too? Because sure. you're absolutely right on point with that because I can throw out all these ideas and like, but Joe, you, you shared with me what, about 10 ideas just now. And okay, that's great for 10 days. <laughs> right? <laughs> that's right, man. We're going to be locked up together for more than 10 days. What are you going to do about 10 days? This is something that I, I noticed when I started receiving the feedback from all these men. Now, understand, none of these men knew each other. It was all anonymous. They're sending, I asked, send me things that work. What's working for you that you believe can work for other men? And give me your age, your status, your children's ages, that kind of thing. And what I noticed, it was the only thing that happened throughout all of this. I got so much good feedback. One particular feedback came in and was almost unanimous. They all said the same thing. Now, Tom, don't you think you want to know what that is? Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right. I'm, I'm, and I know, I'm like, wait a minute, everybody's saying this? I said, I guess it must be important. This goes with not an activity, but it goes with a do, some advice. And this was the unanimous advice that I heard from pretty much every single guy, every single guy. And here it is. You need to have a daily schedule and have structure for your day Mm. with your family. Everybody must be, you must have a schedule. The family, including you, need to have structure. Now, when I saw that, it should have been obvious to me because I'm a former educator, Tom, so I should know this because I've, I've taught... Um, elementary school kids. I've taught high school and I've taught the college and we would never have a semester set up without a what? A syllabus, a schedule, a lesson plan. What are we going to do and have it planned out? Now, I know that sounds like monumental. Like, wait a minute, I got a plan, a schedule. It is not that complicated. Now, what we had, one of the guys um, sent me a, a picture of a schedule. Now, let me give you his, I call it the tell of the tape. He's um, a father of two ages five and two years old, okay? He sent us a copy of his schedule that he and his wife put together for their family. And he sent me a screenshot and I told him with with permission, I said, can I share this with the group when they come together? And I put it up on the screen. Now, obviously they can't see it because they're listening to this, but they saw how simple it was. And he had a schedule that was set up from eight in the morning to 4.15. Now, what I'll do since they can't see it, Tom, I'll kind of run down their schedule. Now, it's going to sound like a lot, but I'll tell you why so much on here in a second. All right. It starts with breakfast from 8 to 8.30. They read for 20 minutes from 8.30 to 8.50. 
they play outside and exercise from 8.50 to 9.20. They do school time from 9.20 to 9.45. They do household chores from 9.45 to 10.15. They play with their Play-Doh from 10.15 to 10.30. They roll coins. Don't ask me to explain that one. They roll coins from 10.30 <laughs> to 11. They do a scavenger hunt outside or in the house from 11 to 11.30. They have lunch at 11.30 to 12. They rest from 12 to 1. That's I'm thinking that's nap time. 1 to 1.30, they either do art, Legos, or they do an outside challenge. I didn't ask, ask the guy what the outside challenge was. From 1.30 to 2 o'clock, they build a fort. From 2 to 2.20, they read for 20 minutes. From 2.20 to 2.40, they do music time. From 2.40 to 3, they do school time, and they focus on math. From 3 to 3.45, they do cooking. And from 3.45 to 4.15 is art. Now, I know what the guys are thinking, whew, man, that's a lot. Man, that's really, that's, <laughs> that's busy. But let me make this simple and plain, Tom. What I noticed when, and I asked this last night, I said, when I know, I said, guys, do you notice something? I said, first of all, remember, he's a father of two, two boys. Could you imagine having two boys under the age of five? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you know, in the house. <laughs> and I said, now, remember, now he's a father of two boys. What I noticed, it seems as a lot because the time blocks are really short. 30 minutes. Right. 15 minutes. 20 minutes. And then I asked the men on the call last night, I said, um, why do you think the time blocks are so short? Everybody started laughing because he did with little kids. They got short attention span. I said, absolutely. Because these are little kids. You can't keep their attention for hours on end. But if your kids are older, guess what? You're not going to have as many activities. Are you catching it, Tom? Yeah. When my son and I do our book, um, our book study, when he comes over today, guess what? It's not going to be from eight, eight, um, from 12, um, 12, 10 to 12, 15, uh, 25. It's going to be for two hours. We're going to be discussing it because what? He's 23 years old. <laughs> you know, so we're going to have a man discussion. So your schedule would not be as tight as this. But even if it is, you can see it wasn't complicated. Now, so one of the things I noticed that the time blocks were small. Another thing that I noticed that they put time in there for breaks yeah. and rest. You don't have to be doing something with your family 24 hours a day. All right. Matter of fact, I would advise against it and the men advise against it that they said that each family member should get at least an hour apart from each other. What a concept. All right. <laughs> because like you have some kids too. who are introverts, some who are extroverts. Right. And the extroverts want to be around people all the time. But guess what? That introvert needs a break. Right. I'm an introvert. So yeah. I need time alone. And so everybody goes to one part of the house where they're not going to be dis disturbed for one hour. Now, another way not to be bombarded with you, I got to put together a schedule how to do this. Here's another great idea that somebody came up with. Split your shifts with your wife. If both of you are working from home, split the shift that you're going to work doing this time and I'll be with the kids. I'm going to work doing this time and you'll be with the kids. But you have to have some structure because if you don't have a plan for your time, it's going to become the most stressful time in your life. So have some type of structure. Oh, let me add this to Tom. Um, and I'm glad the guy who actually shared the, the schedule, he was on the call. I didn't mention his name because I didn't know if he wanted to be known, but he stepped up and said something. I made the statement of this. I said, now, you guys are looking at this schedule on the screen. I said, but listen to what I'm telling you. I can almost guarantee you this guy is not keeping this schedule down to the letter. I said, because I was an educator. No, the schedule is not for you to keep. It's for you to have. You're not going to be able to do everything on the schedule but you're going to know what you could or should be doing when you start hearing the kid says, I'm bored. Right. <laughs> right. um, this is, you know, I don't know what to do. You know what you can do. 
And then he jumped in and he said, Joe is absolutely right. I didn't even know he was on the call. We had so many guys there. He said, Joe is absolutely right. He says, because he mentioned, like he says, good example. He said, you see on the screen from 1015 to 1030, this Play-Doh, that's 15 minutes. He says, if our kids are having fun, guess what we do? We let them continue to play with the Play-Doh longer. So he said, you, it's not in, it's not put, put in stone. It's just a guide to have. But they're saying that it's important to have a guide than not to have one at all. Makes right. sense, Tom? Oh, absolutely. I also like it that there's um, quite a variety of things there. So people, you know, the little kids for sure are going to get bored with the same thing. I mean, they're they're kind of doing the same thing, but there's a wide variety from art to outside to you know, reading to music, a yeah, ton building, of things, yeah. You know? hunting, yeah. right? Yeah, right. <laughs> but you know what Anything. we call? You know what we call that in fitness? Um, um, uh, when you call it muscle confusion, right? Because exactly. if you keep doing the same exercise over and over again, you're not going to see growth, or you can get bored with the workout. That's exactly what he's doing with his kids. They're doing the same thing, but they're mixing it up so well that it's all fun. And also, um, give your kids some input. Let them come up with activities that they want to do that you can put into the schedule. So put the things you want in the schedule and then ask for your kids to give input to what they want in the schedule. And they'll be more inclined to want to want to do it. Mm-hmm. Did did you talk um, with with your men about stress reduction? And and well, like, well, go ahead. I'm sorry. Tom. Well, go ahead. just I, I'm just curious because I mean, like if you have that schedule and everything's going great, you know, there's. You're, you're probably don't have as much stress as, as others, but I'm sure that, you know, that's, that's all great for the, for the home life. But then, then right. at some point there's, there is the real world out there. I mean, people are, are losing jobs or there's just big uncertainty of what is going to happen at, at the minimum, there's uncertainty of what's going to happen. And a lot of people are incur you know, incurring a tremendous amount of stress right now, like maybe more than, ever before. And what we, what we just talked about is one way of, of dealing with it. Make sure you have a, a good home life and everything is, is going well. And this is an opportunity for you to spend more time with your kids. But, you know, a lot of people might get sidetracked by just the overwhelm of the whole situation. And, and I just wonder if you kind of discuss that or different strategies that people are doing to, to alleviate some stress now we don't call it, I didn't call it stress or focusing on stress. Remember I told you about perspective. Yeah. Um, I tell people we get what we focus on. Mm-hmm. So if I'm getting them to try to avoid stress, that's exactly what they're going to experience is stress. Yeah. <laughs> and so what, instead of having them focus on how to avoid stress, I have them focus on how to pursue success. Mm-hmm. And what I mean, success is in their whole being. So that's stre- include stress reduction for your health your body, your mind, your soul, your spirit. And there's a lot of different things. Well, let's start with the basics, the basics. And we mentioned it in even doing this with your family. Remember what I told you, this guy, even with his two boys who are five and two years old, that they schedule break times and, and rest time. Remember there was an hour for 12 to one that they rest, right? <laughs> you know, they could sleep. We need to do the same for us. We need to schedule break time for us. Now, mine is early in the morning for me. And so I'm not a stressed out person because as soon as I get up in the morning, I spend time with God. It's uninterrupted and it's typically from 5.30 to about 8 in the morning. And no one bothers me. My family knows that's my time because it's also put on my schedule 
Remember, I told you got to have a schedule. This was even before the coronavirus. <laughs> and it's on um, and it's on Google, on what do you call it? Gmail or Google Mail, whatever, yeah. uh, Google Calendar. And on my Google Calendar, everyone in my family knows, oh, from 5:30 to 8, daddy's in quiet time. And so they know, give them that time because after that, you can do, we can do whatever. But I need that time alone with God. That is helping me grow and get strengthened. That so you got to put set aside time for you. I don't know what you're going to do with the time you set aside, but it has to be something that feeds your soul, that feeds your spirit, that renews your mind to help you get stronger in your um, in your 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 walk um, as a man, as a husband, and all these different roles that you have. So I would start with that. Just set aside time. But this is huge. What I'm about to say, Tom, and this should be obvious because that's why we're on. I'm on this show. We need to also, if you want to reduce, quote, reduce stress, I'm putting that in air quotes, reduce stress. But no, if you want to be a successful man, you're only as strong as the amount of support you have around you. So you need to be around other men. Now, I know what they're thinking, but Joe, we can't be around other men because of um, the quarantines and the coronavirus and everything. There's creative ways. What I just tell you, we met last night as a group, and it was for men only. No woman was in that group. And we got to express and share, quote, the stress that we're dealing with based on the questions that they have, and men are feeding each other. So even in that, we are being connected. Also, we have weekly meetings with smaller groups online where we get to see each other's face. The only thing that's changed, Tom, is that we can't touch each other. But I'm still getting that time to get my spirit rejuvenated. Um, Let's say, for instance, I had a blow up with my wife or with my kid and now I'm meeting my small group. I tell them and I share this with them. And then they say, Joe, here's what you need to do to fix it. Mm -hmm. Joe, you know, that wasn't right, man. You need to go back and apologize. They're getting me equipped to go back to have a less stressful life. Are you catching that, Tom? Yeah. That I'm getting equipped because because my wife may not understand what the pressure that I feel now being a provider for the home. And now this thing is hit. She may not understand it because, oh, baby, I don't care. We can be homeless. And I, it's just our love. Oh, that sounds great to you. But from a man's point of view, what kind of man am I if I can't take care of my family? And she may not understand the stress and the pressure that I'm under. But guess what? Another man can. I can talk to you, Tom, and connect with you and say, Tom, man, my family, I'm trying to be strong for my family, man. But this thing is stressing me out financially, man. How am I going to provide with my family if I can't get on the road? I can't produce income. I can't generate revenue, man. What am I going to do? You can understand that from a male's perspective and point of view. My wife can't. She loves me, but her thing is love will cover all things. But the thing is, if we're homeless and we're holding up signs, they're going to say, oh, that poor family. But if they see me, they're like, what is that man doing out there? How come he's not working? Mm -hmm. <laughs> How come he's not producing? That's not fair because we're both in it together, but they're going to look at the man differently. So how do we reduce stress? One, take time for yourself. Block out some time. It could be an hour. I don't care if you have to go to a bathroom to do it. Do it in the bathroom. But take some time for yourself to rejuvenate yourself. Put on your oxygen mask first before you help other people. Yeah, that's... And then two, I would say get in community with other men who can sharpen you, support you, and strengthen you. That's awesome. I love that. One of the things that that I really keyed on when when you were talking there was the reduction, when we were talking about the reduction of stress and you're like, well, I don't look at it like that. I look at it as the pursuit of success or in this case, the pursuit of relaxation or the pursuit mm -hmm. of peace or the pursuit of whatever, like moving towards values rather than 
rather than, you know, moving away from. I, I just kind of wonder how long, I mean, that that is obviously a, a core tenet in what you're teaching and, and that's part of your philosophy. And to me, that's like, I, I came across that when I was about maybe 20, 25 or 26. And I started to, to read a lot of different books and I started to understand what the difference between positive and negative was. And that's kind of like this right here, like understanding the difference between I'm moving towards value, like I'm moving towards success or I'm running from stress. And that's something that for me was world changing and it changed everything about the way that I, I do everything is like trying to choose the positive rather than choose the negative. And for at first, it doesn't seem like any different. Like somebody that is is just discovering this is like stress reduction. How is that any different than pursuing relaxation? It's all the same, but it's not. Mm-hmm. Like, what are your thoughts it's on that? Not. No, you're absolutely right, Tom. It, it's not the same. The best way I can describe it is this way. And I tell you, when I got the, the um, revelation or the epiphany, and I was in my 20s, and um, I was teaching, I was a, a college professor and I was teaching a communication class and I was doing some research. I forgot whatever the topic we were discussing. And I came across this story about Mario Andretti. Remember Mario Andretti, the Absolutely. famous IndyCar driver? Yep. And the guy had won so many Indianapolis 500 races and all this other stuff. Oh, I remember why I was studying him because I taught public relations and communication and everything is about media of how to um, ask the right questions and, you know, to get to the answers you, you're looking for and that kind of thing. So I was teaching a journalism class on how the art of asking questions. Well, I was giving them the example of how not to ask questions because a reporter after the Indianapolis 500 race had interviewed Mario Andretti and asked what I call a stupid question. <laughs> All right. You have seen that happen in media when they're interviewing people, yeah. person house is um, burnt down, the family stand on the side of the street. How does that make you feel to see your house burned down like that? <laughs> really? That's what you're going to ask me right now at this moment in time? <laughs> How do I feel right now? You know, I want to throw you into that house. That's what I want to do right now. <laughs> well, they were in, this um, reporter was interviewing Mario Andretti, and it just hit me. And she had, um, he had just won another Indianapolis 500 race. And she was saying, wow, there were like, I think, three or four fatalities. Or when I say that, nobody died, but it come out, they ended the race. They couldn't, couldn't finish the race. And so it was like three or four of them, but he managed to win the race when there was so you know much danger and all this other stuff. And so she goes to Aunt Mario and Dreddy says, um, so Mario, um, they were said the average speed on the track was da, 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 da. And there was about three or four accidents that they couldn't even finish the race. He said, when you're driving the car that fast, aren't you afraid, check this out, Tom, aren't you afraid of running into the wall and crashing? You know, aren't you afraid of that? And Mario Andretti had this, like, this crazy look on his, like, what? He said, aren't you afraid because you could hit the wall and you could, and you know, you couldn't finish the race or worse, you could die or something like, aren't you afraid of crashing into the wall when you're running? Now, people say, that don't sound like a crazy question. Wait till you hear Mario Andretti's his answer. He says, no, I'm not afraid of crashing into the wall. He says, because when I'm driving in that car, I'm not looking at the wall. I'm looking at the road. Mm-hmm. Hello. Yep. See, because... You ever driven, you know, and it hit me, Tom, because have you ever driven on the highway and you start looking at the guardrails or the billboard signs or the side of what happens to your car when you look to the side? Your car drifts toward you're looking. And do you hear that? Remember that sound? Flip, 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 when yeah. you're driving. Yeah. <laughs> and then you, you redirect the car back on the road. What happened? 
you were drifting. And what Mario Andretti looked at her with this perplexed look on his face is, that's a crazy question. If I drove around this track going over 175 miles per hour, if I'm looking at the wall, I'm going to die. Right. Because <laughs> he's going to run right into the wall. He says, I don't look at the wall when I'm driving. I look at the road. So when that, when that trying to find that distinction between, okay, isn't it the same? Do you, The stress is the guardrail. Peace and relaxation is the road. Yeah. Are you trying to avoid something or do you want to pursue something? So keep your eyes on the road. That's when I got it. And I started looking at it and I said, you know what? Stop focusing on what I don't want. Focus on what I do want. That's so powerful. And I found out that I'll get it a lot more. It's so powerful. It's so powerful in every way. I mean, I, 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 I've seen that with, you know, in athletics or anything to where, you know, you want to win or you want to beat people. And it's like, isn't that the same? You beat the other team? <laughs> well, no, it's not. In one, you're beating someone down. You are, you are, you're vanquishing them. In another, you're taking your team and you're rising up. And, it, and it's not about the other team. It's about you doing your best. And the other team was just the other, that was just the competition. It didn't, you don't even think about that. It's like, we're trying to do our best. We're trying to all move forward. We're trying to all be the best. That's a lot different than, than beating people. You know, there's other, there's other um, situations. Like one thing, like you're talking about hearing Mario Andretti say that, and that stupid question from the reporter, you know, it was, I remember in one of the Olympics, um, they, there was a reporter said something to Michael Phelps like that, kind of like, could you ever have dreamed that you would, would be here? And he said, yeah, I saw it every day of my life. <laughs> right. Like, like there, or, or it was something about the race. I mean, and, and he gets lots of questions like that or anyone, any kind of champion does, but the, the response is almost always universally the same. Could I imagine it? Yeah. I've been imagining this since I was eight years old. Like this mm-hmm. is, this is a visualization exercise that has come to life. Like, yes, I have imagined it. If I didn't imagine it, I wouldn't be here. Like this is the driving force for me to get here is that I have already created this in my mind and I've rehearsed it over and over and over again. It's no surprise that I'm here. And I even give you, I'll give you a practical example, Tom, that will hit closer to home, even with us as men. I know you have probably women listening too, but with us men, how many times have you seen men struggle in their marriage and said, man, um, what could I, I don't want us to get a divorce. I don't want us to get a divorce. Why are you focusing on trying to avoid getting divorced as opposed to strengthening your marriage? Yeah. What can I do to strengthen my marriage? Not avoid a divorce. You get what you focus on. I love and that. See, that's what I hope they remember listening to you, listening to me as we discuss this. We get what we focus on. So let's put it back in the, the, the realm of this pandemic. This is when we well, how do we start this time? We said this this could be an opportunity. That's right. Not this thing that this obstacle we have to overcome. Look for the opportunity in it. Now I'm not ignore I'm not ignoring the guardrail. <laughs> no, I'm not ignoring the bad stuff, but that's not what I'm going to focus on because I don't want that. I want this. So we're talking about keep your eyes on the road and the opportunity. How can I grow closer? with my family, with my wife, in the relationship that matter most. What were the relationships before this coronavirus that I was neglecting, that I wasn't appreciating? 
that now I can appreciate more now. This is an opportunity. This is our time to shine. And I'm hoping they're not thinking this is just a lot of positive speak. This is not positive speak. This is life speak. You can focus on living. Oh, that takes me back. You remember the movie um, Shawshank Redemption? Yeah. <laughs> remember that movie? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and um, and when um, Morgan Freeman was talking to, um, to what's the guy? Tom, um, uh, to, what's his name? Robbins. I forgot. Tim Robbins. Yeah. Yep. And Tim Robbins is doing exactly what you said, Tom, visualizing what he's going to do when he gets out of prison. Remember that? Yeah. Oh, I'm going to got some land over here and I'm going to work on my boat. I'm going to clean the boat. And remember how um, Morgan Freeman looked at him and said, you need to stop that right now. Stop it. He said, stop what? Because remember, Morgan Freeman has been in prison longer than he has. He says, that hope, you got to stop talking like that. There's no room in these four walls in a prison behind these bars for hope. We don't need that here. That hope will kill you, man. And Tim Robbins' famous line from that movie was, so basically you're telling me I got a choice. I can get busy living or I can get busy dying. Oh, how did, I mean, I wish I would remember to tell the guys that last night. That's what, (laughs) that's our statement today in this pandemic. Now, this hideous, disease, uncontrollable disease, no cure for this disease. This thing's taking people's life. Now, I got a choice. I can't speak for the people listening, but I'm telling you, Tom, I got a choice. I can start living or I can get busy dying. Which one am I going to focus on, living or dying? And Tom, I'm choosing life Yeah. as long as I can live. Choose life. So it's not positive speak. It's your. It's what you focus on. And right now, this is the time for us to get more focused because this can potentially be our finest hour when they look back on it. Yeah, I love that. And looking back on it too, like you know, it, it's it's all going to pass. There'll be a vaccine yeah. sometime, and and everything's going to pass. And it won't, you know, at the time right now, it seems like it never will. But it also seemed like 9-11 would never, we would never recover from that either. And all of a sudden, the next thing you know, you're like, what? It's been 15 years. It's been 17 years. It's been, what? (laughs) Like, it's, what? Yeah. I mean, it seems like yesterday. And then you think back, wow, what, what happened on that day? Where were you? And most people can remember exactly Mm -hmm. where they were and exactly what happened. I know where I was. Yeah. Yeah. And, Mm -hmm. and, and this kind of thing snuck up on us a little bit. I think it's like all of a sudden it's like, you know, Oh, they're closing some things in Washington. Now they're closing a few things in California. That's weird. Uh, it must be really bad out there. And then the next thing you know, it's like, I don't know what your, what your cue to kind of open in your eyes was, but Ar- Arnold Schwarzenegger has a, has a, uh, a fitness expo called the Arnold and it's in, it's in uh, uh, a small town in, in Ohio and he has it there every year. And there's probably two or 300,000 people that go to that thing. He has every type wow. of, uh, of, of competition associated with fitness that there is everything from strongman competition to bodybuilding, physique competitions, to CrossFit competitions, every kind of competition there. There are 22,000 athletes that were going to compete at this thing. And, and so this is a really big expo, um, not just a convention, but I mean, they have like all kinds of stuff going on there. Everything that is associated with the human body for the most part, every type of, of fitness, every type of weightlifting, everything is there. And so all of a sudden it's like the Arnold was canceled and that was what opened my eyes. I was like, 
he's canceling that? Like, that seems, that seems like really jumping the gun here. But then it was just a couple of days later that the NBA cancels. And then it mm-hmm. was then, then I was like, well, when Disney world cancel, when Disney world yeah. shuts down, you know, let's see what, let's see if that happens. And then that happened. And I was like, Whoa, this is real. Like mm-hmm. this is real. And, but it, it, it was, it kind of snuck up on us a little bit, not like nine 11, like all of a sudden, boom, the world changed in an yeah. instant. This was more like over about a week that, a lot of things change, and now there's a new reality. This is the new reality, at least for a time. But the purpose of of saying that is because I look back at nine eleven, and that was a time when 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 I had a young family, um, doing my best to support them, and I just remember that day like it was like it was yesterday. And and you don't have to be a very smart man to realize the world just changed. Don't know exactly what what's going to look like after this, but I know that we'll never have what we had five minutes ago. That's over. It's done. And there's a new reality here and we're all living in it. And, and, uh, but it it just seems like it was yesterday, but it wasn't, it was a while. It was a long time ago and we all made it through it and we're all going to make it through this. And it's difficult time for everybody. And there's a tremendous amount of loss and there's tremendous amount of uncertainty, but Man, I love what you're saying about uh, just about, you know, get busy living and and see the opportunity and everything. And it's it's that's that's an incredible message. It really is. But, you know, Tom, I want to share something. It's just pressed to my heart. I guess God is putting this on my heart because you say it's been a year and a half since uh, or it's been that long since we talked. I can't believe it's been that long, but you're absolutely right, because as you're sharing that um, about 9-11, it just kind of. It was a one time, bam, it hit us and it shocked us. And then we had to now survive it and live past it. And how are we going to heal from that? Where this one, it, it kind of creeped up on us and now it's overtaking us. Um, I want to share something with you. Um, hmm, wow. What you don't know, Tom, is um, in the time that I uh, last, since I uh, last talked to you, my mom passed. I'm sorry. My mom passed on Thanksgiving Day last year thanksgiving wow. now the reason i'm bringing it up for this time because you know and i'm hoping everything is about perspective everything is about perspective now the year before my mom passed she was up here for thanksgiving i brought up here for thanksgiving tom we had the most wonderful time oh uh, it was wonderful 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 she didn't want to leave i didn't want her to go and you know you if they listen to my interview with you before you know I had a very traumatic childhood yeah. <laughs> very very traumatic and there was a lot of pain um sort of my childhood and a lot was caused by my mother and we've gotten a lot of healing we got past that and forgiveness and everything and we have have a, had a relationship but so she was up here um a year before that wonderful time and after my mom passed on Thanksgiving that night um I was in the bathroom and I got it because I couldn't sleep. I got up like in the middle of the night, like midnight. And I'm looking at my phone in the middle of the night, checking my phone. And I look back at, you know, how your phone saves text messages. Yeah. So I've gone back and I'm looking at all the text messages my mom and I had um, since that last um, Thanksgiving. And we're communicating back and forth and everything. She's sharing stuff with me. I'm sharing stuff with her. She's checking us out. I'm doing I'm checking out how she's doing. And she's telling me what she's doing. And then all of a sudden it hit me. 
We're talking about perspective time. I'm like, wait a minute. Nine months from now, my mom doesn't know. She's not going to be here. And I'm reading these text messages. Are you getting this tone? Mm-hmm. And then I'm looking six months from now. She doesn't know. Three months. One month. One week. My last message to my mom was I was reminding her of my grandfather's birthday. Who she loved dearly. And she was so excited. She said she didn't even think anybody remembered it was my grandfather's birthday. <laughs> and she said, she said, Joseph, you just made my day. I thought everybody forgot about it. my grandfather's been gone for over four decades. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I remembered his birthday because he was, I was really close to him as a child. And she said, that made my day. Thank you so much. And I'm thinking, my mom doesn't know in just one week she's going to see him. Mm. In one week. See, one reason why my perspective can be positive during a time like this, because Tom, losing my mom made, and reading those text messages made me realize I could have gone before this coronavirus and I can go after this coronavirus. So I, I got to treat each day as if it is my last. And I'm not going to treat, I'm not going to um, live it worrying, panicking, stressing, um, doing whatever, doing crazy stuff. I'm going to seize the moment and start living and preparing for eternity, not just my death. But it took me losing my mom and reading those text messages to realize that how many people could say that about us if something happened to us? Man, but I just talked to Tom yesterday. I was just on his show last week, last month, last year. We don't know. And so since we don't know the end, why not focus on the present right now and doing what matters most and majoring in majors, not in minors? Man. Joe, that's awesome. I mean, it really is. And that's, that's, uh, that's such an important message right now. I don't know if, I don't know if we could do any better than that, Joe. (laughs) I really don't. I don't know if we can do any better than that. I think we should wrap it up right now. Um, man, I love you, man. Love your message. Love your positivity. Love your leadership. And just want to honor you for for bringing men together and teaching these lessons to to people, men all over the place. It's it is an incredibly powerful message, incredibly powerful coming from you and the way that you deliver it. So, just want to honor you, my friend, um, and thank you so much for doing this and coming on the show again. Thank you, Tom. You know, it's a pleasure always talking to you. I, I wish, um, I can't wait for this thing to be over with so we can physically connect again. That's right. But it's, it was great. Um, you know, you were on my heart. I think I sent you a text message you or something did. because you were you on did. my heart. Um, and and I reached out to you, but um, always a pleasure. Thank you for giving me an opportunity to share my heart and my passion for seeing men get connected. And thank you for the work that you're doing uh, on your platform and all the people that you're reaching. I see that, man, your, your audience is growing, man. I yeah. love it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it, we have, we have a, a good family of, of people out there and, and a big part of it is because I continue to reach out to people like you that have, have great wisdom for us all. Um, tell everybody how they can find you, how they can connect. 
Oh, very easy. And you already put the keyword in there. It's connect. It's just go to our website at realmenconnect.com. That's realmenconnect, C-O-N-N-E-C-T.com. And that will give you a gateway into a, a lot of things that we offer as far as free resources, how to get in contact with me, how to get connected to our communities, everything. Just go to realmenconnect.com. All right, Joe. Thank you so much, man. And, and good luck to you. I'm going to implement some of the strategies tonight. We're all going to cook together. That's what we're going to do at my house. I got awesome. Both, That's I got great. both my boys in from college. <laughs> I've got my daughter here, my wife. We're going to cook some food all together, and then we're going to take it over to my parents' house who are 82 years old, so we have to be super careful, and they want to just us to deliver it on the porch, say hi, and and move on, unfortunately, but maybe we'll do, I'll implement another strategy. We'll show them how to do FaceTime and we'll all eat together while we're doing FaceTime. That, I love it. That's, I'm going to implement both of those strategies tonight. All right. So I hope everybody out there got a couple of strategies and, and really um, got as much out of this message as I did. All right. Thanks, Joe. We'll talk to you soon. See you. Oh, my pleasure. Take care. Man, Joe, thank you so much. I was not disappointed. I knew I wouldn't be. Joe Martin, Dr. Joe Martin of Real Men Connect has has such incredible messages. We heard just a portion of his messages, but it applied so well to what we're all dealing with, with the coronavirus, COVID-19, the lockdown, social distancing, not touching one another, not giving high fives anymore. Gyms are closed. Churches are closed. There's a serious lack of connection right now in the world. But just like Joe says, look at this as an opportunity, not an obstacle. And uh, that's a great message. So if you're so inclined, look Joe up. Join his, uh, his organization. See what he has to offer. I think you'll find if you're interested in it, you're not going to find anybody that's more passionate about what, he is doing. That's Dr. Joe Martin of Real Men Connect. And that's it for today. This podcast, as always, was brought to you by Waypoint TV. Waypoint is where we put all of our shows first. Apple TV, Roku, Samsung Plus, uh, Pluto, Zumo, on and on and on. And if you're wondering if you can get it on your device, go to waypointtv.com. Go to Ways to Watch. And you can see exactly where it is offered and how you can watch it yourself. It's all for free. It's got the best outdoor content on there. And we just had the March Madness bracket going on on Waypoint Fish on Instagram. You you guys got us to the final four. Want to thank everyone for that. That was really amazing. All of the outpouring of support and votes. I appreciate it. Unfortunately, we missed the finals by a few votes and Breaking Boundaries is going up against our other show, Into the Blue. So give Into the Blue some support and hopefully they will take it all. But either way, it's been a fun way to to take our mind off of the social distancing and the coronavirus for just a few minutes and um, just have a little bit of entertainment. All right. Until next time, stay positive and stay on the path. See you.